0: everyone welcome back to another episode of the kit men podcast my name is rohan as always i'm joined here by Dilette. owen is still on that very very relaxing vacation that has us all jealous but i'm stuck with Delette today Delette, how are you sir i'm here and i'm good you're here I'm and good. you're good okay awesome because to replace owen to fill his tiny shoes we have bigger feet with james dewsbury how are you hey how you
1: doing how you doing guys i'm, I'm buzzing to be here
0: can't wait i oh, know we're glad to have you we're glad to have you um, if you guys haven't heard of James, go check him out on TikTok. All this stuff will be linked in the description of the episode, along with the timestamps on our TikTok. And be sure to leave a good rating if you enjoy the content today, and be sure to follow us as well. All right. <laughs> What's that look, to let? Oh, nothing, man. I'm just excited. You're excited? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you should be, because we have a very, very exciting topic. We're going to be talking about how the Premier League landscape has kind of changed in the past five to six years and how teams at the top are spending more and more money, and if that's necessarily good for the Premier League. So I guess let's kick it off with the big question. How exactly has the Premier League changed in like the f- last five to six years, James?
1: Well, I think there's something that's very obvious, and it's the top two. That, I think it was over the, the, the previous five years from the, the 2017-18 season when Man City won their, got 100 points, there had been four different winners, and now, since that, since that 2017-18 season, there's been two winners, obviously dominated by Manchester City, but Liverpool have always been really, really close behind them. And I think only Manchester United have broken that top two so far. And it's, it's not something that's like brand new to the Premier League. You obviously have like Manchester United and Chelsea in the Mourinho-Ferguson uh, area. And then before that, you have Arsenal-Man United as well during the Wenger and Man United, Wenger and Man United era. Um, Ferguson era, sorry.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Delight, your thoughts? Dude, I think I feel like teams just don't know how to tick, like counter that, because not only are they the most well coached teams in the country, they have the most financial freedom. They have the best players. There's like absolutely nothing missing from those teams. And then if you're, you know, top four to mid tabled side, like what can you do other than, you know, take out massive loans from banks to try and keep up with that? There's really no other way that you can no like no like footballing trickery you can't be more well coached than a Pep Guardiola team you can't be more well coached than a Jurgen Klopp team you literally just have to spend the money try and match the way they are which is a very very scary
0: precedent to set I, I think that precedent I would argue has been set by Manchester United given that they have very similar spending patterns to Manchester City and obviously they're nowhere near the level Manchester City are and I don't know if that's you know the coach maybe maybe the I think if they stuck with Mourinho, who's a bit of a journeyman, journeyman manager, he doesn't really stick around for a team for too long. They probably would be in a much, much better position.
2: Yeah. And that's a, that's kind of a, they, they've, they've made it a lot weirder Manchester United as they've matched the spending habits and not won anything. So uh, they just kind of like opened the door for basically everybody to spend all that money and with like no real result to it, you know?
1: Yeah, something, something I've, um, I've got some numbers here. So over the past uh, five seasons, well from, again from 2017, 18, Liverpool has spent 482 million pounds on players. This is according to the transfer market. Man City has spent 694 million. The two teams that spent more are Chelsea and Manchester United. But the huge difference here is, especially with Manchester United, they signed a lot of uh, players that have a lot of um, they have name power, and they are already kind of in their peak. Whereas Liverpool and Manchester City, a lot of times they don't sign players that are already world-class. They're young enough and but still good enough to be moulded into a Pep Guardiola, Jürgen Klopp style of play. Um, I think the only one that comes to mind for Liverpool is Thiago. Um, they don't, like, obviously Man United go like Cavani, Ronaldo, Varane. Liverpool and Man City don't really do that. And I think that that's be- they-, they go young, they can play their way. They know how to coach. They have the right mentality. They they've not got the ego to be like uh, to be to overrate themselves. They're grounded, and that's what I think brings the best out of them. I don't know what you think, but
2: no, I no, I agree with that. Which kind of makes the Holland transfer a little bit weird because while he is still you know only like twenty years old, he kind of has that that ego and stardom of a very established player. So we'll we'll see how he fits in, but no, you're absolutely right. United do spend in the exact opposite way, which is what what which honestly kind of has led to this terrible like club culture that they have right now compared to Liverpool and City. That's absolutely. That
0: that's the thing is that's why I I I don't have a good feeling about Holland is because just about every player that comes into a Pep Guardiola team has to go through some sort some some sort of remodeling wiring of the brain to play within the pep system. I, I think that's why Grealish is going to have a really big year next year. Yeah. I mean, we've seen this pattern with players like Mahrez, uh, Rodri, Gundogan, Bernardo Silva. They didn't really have a great time in their first year, year and a half at City, but they also didn't, they also weren't, you know, world-class hundred million pound players when they came into City. And that's, that's the weird thing about Holland. But, but I guess back to the main point, it is the only way to really, recoup if you're you know from third place and below to just have the same spending patterns how, how, how do you beat that um I think you go
1: I think you go beyond the team and the manager I think you go behind the scenes so I think Liverpool have really really noted um quite famously now they had Michael Edwards as the guy behind the scenes working out all the transfers and so now he's gone and they've got Julian Ward but again he's not gone over the top he signed Darwin Nunez who I think is going to be, a, again, a fantastic signing because he, pr- he probably fits the bill. They've looked behind. They've seen the numbers. They've watched him play in person. They know what they're signing. And I don't think Manchester United – I know we're going back to Man United all the time, but they're just the prime example here – is they don't have that. I think – no, I think they is – that, is that what John Murtagh's role is now? But they've never had that. Before. I'm not sure. like They kind of changed their whole structure
0: wondered. this summer.
1: Yeah, it was just Ed Woodward, and it was like, oh, he's he's big name. He'll sell a shirts. That's not that's not going to win you trophies.
2: Yeah, first of all, there's no need to to feign from United here. This is uh, especially an episode about money. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be talking a lot. We're, we'll be digging into them a lot as the, yeah. the spenders, you know. But no, man. I, whenever you said um, they should do what Liverpool is doing behind the scenes my mind didn't actually go to the business side. I thought <laughs> you were going to be referencing the, the asthma and the inhalers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that's where we were going with this. And I was like, oh, that is a, that's a good way for, you know, the small group to make the jump up. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, what, uh, what, do you think, do I think it's real or?
2: I guess yeah, do you think it's real first of all yeah uh, I doubt I think, it I think
1: it, I just think it came from something on Reddit, didn't it? I've never, I've never honestly properly looked into it, but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah um, I think oh. it just came from Reddit, but I do not know the, the legitimacy of it or anything. I'd be surprised if it was real.
2: No, I think it, it's it's real, but there's just like it's one of those things where there's not much you can do about it. They just had their players diagnosed with asthma, and now they get like like breathing medication, like, like essentially lung enhancement. Right. When, like, how it's, how it's else it's is medicine
0: Milner medicine winning that fitness test literally every year?
1: It's the Yorkshire teammate. I'm telling you, it's different stuff. over here.
2: <laughs> Um. Yeah, no. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, small teams can't compete financially. I say we just, from here on out, we, we start pushing them to, you know, push PEDs to their players. <laughs> As long as they can, you know.
1: Yes, yeah, like I've always wanted to see like a um, uh, performance-enhancing drugs um, uh, Olympic Games. So I just think that'd be so entertaining. <laughs> no, that would. I mean, like, so wouldn't cool. be like the coolest thing ever. Just like breaking Usain Bolt's world record by like three <laughs> seconds. <laughs> An
2: eight-second,
0: be... <laughs> eight-second one hundred meter dash would be crazy.
2: <laughs> we, we could really. Now, I mean, see you some...
0: wouldn't want to watch that. Yeah, I would easy. definitely want to watch that to see humans at their maximum capabilities. Yes be pretty is it, it's like that um one movie i don't know if you guys have seen it i think it was called lucy and it, she gets this drug that lets her use more than 10 percent of her brain and she yeah. becomes like yeah. the smartest person it's crazy um yeah. but yeah no an olympic games like that or even a world cup like that would be crazy oh
1: imagine <laughs> you have mess back to 17 year old messy <laughs> yeah
0: exactly um okay but let, let's say i'm a crystal p- I'm a crystal palace fan. It's a fairly smaller club, you know, mid table, not a ton of investment. They don't really implement that money ball technique that we see at Brentford. Uh, Am I just panicked about, you know, being flushed out by the rest of the competition who are going to spend more and more and more. Is this a purely just a money game now?
1: Um, I don't think, I don't think
0: fully, I mean, don't get me wrong. Of course it's a money game. Like,
1: yeah no, there's no mm-hmm. doubt about that, but the good thing about a team like Crystal Palace is they're obviously in London, a massive city, and it's a hotbed of football, and what they can do is, which is what they did with someone like Connor Gallagher, they can go to a club like Chelsea, who have obviously all the all everything in the world, they have brilliant uh, training facilities, whatnot. They can go to them, say, Oh yeah, can we have Player X and another player on loan, bring them to Crystal Palace, and then they have a great time there and just say look, lads, you're not getting to the getting to Chelsea team because they're onto bigger and better things. Do you want to join us? Your quality is good enough. And I think that's, some, that's definitely a route that they can consistently go down. Um, how long that would last, I, I don't know.
2: I feel like at the Crystal Palace level, like the money's very important, but as we've seen, they've brought in Patrick Vieira and like drastically changed the play style. Like it's not as fine of margins right now in terms of coaching and like how the club is ran. So while I do think like money could obviously boost them beyond Pep and Klopp, like, okay, that's harsh. That's harsh on like the top four managers beyond like the top, like four or five managers in the league. There's a significant drop in like coaching level after that. So the smaller clubs do have that uh, like ability to kind of be well ran and kind of make their way progression forward, which we've seen with Patrick Vieira. Obviously the success hasn't came yet, but the play style is there. You can tell that they're moving forward as for as for money though i we'll, we'll see how like teams like newcastle go because newcastle's obviously making those strides forward right now already they're doing crazy business in the transfer market if that's kind of the new the new standard of small club financial takeover big club like if it's as simple as that the sport's going in a very different direction it's good that you bring up newcastle because that was my next point is
0: Obviously, Newcastle have to build into the Europa League and then into the Champions League and then into the title race. And we haven't really seen a takeover like this where it's not a big six club that is kind of getting flushed with cash. But we are with Newcastle. So my question is, one, how long do you think that 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 process will take? And then two, are other teams in full blown panic mode because they can't keep up financially? E- e- including Manchester City and
2: Liverpool and Man United. Okay, I would just like to say, we absolutely have seen a small club getting bought by rich owners. <laughs> what are you talking about? Put big that, six club. Put, I said, that, I said, <laughs> I said big six club. City were like 15th when they got bought. I, but they were <laughs> a big six Even club. Even the championship like
1: three seasons before.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, let's not act like this hasn't happened before. But yeah, yeah James, go ahead. I mean,
1: it's... Again, if, if they do it, if, they, if they do it right because you can have all the money in the world but you can well Manchester United again prime example you can still do it wrong as long yeah. as as long as Newcastle don't shoot for the moon straight away I, I give it four or five seasons and now I think there's every chance that they could maybe competing for the maybe even competing for the league because by then Pep and Klopp could be gone mm-hmm. there's every chance their contracts run out in that, that time and if they're the defining factors for so Manchester City and Liverpool why can't they go for it you know go go Europa League and then Champions League, then push the title sure. Because when Manchester City did, they signed like they signed smaller players first, players like Richard Dunn, and then they progressed. Even even Vincent Company at the time was not a big player. He was from Hamburg, playing as a defensive midfielder. They progress then to your David Silvers, to your Torres, and then they go for the league title, become the big club they are. So
2: yeah, I guess we'll be able to see what the what the floor what the floor of a, a big money team is. Because we see United, and even though you know we say United are bad, they're not like they're not like mid table. You know, yeah, they're yeah. still a top team. I mean, I they're closer mid-table
0: to mid table than they are to the title race.
2: Okay, that's that's true. But, yeah, but all it was way out to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the floor of a, a big money team is. Because obviously, you said Newcastle, they can spend the money incorrectly. But now we're gonna get the chance to see. You know what is like the worst that a team spending that money can actually do because yeah. you know they can spend all that money terribly and that still might just be enough to push them into like top top eight you know your league positions maybe not the title race but you know money spent incorrectly is still money spent they're still going to get great players they're still going to be able to get a great coach in like it'll be interesting to see if, like what the what the minimum is what, what they set them for. there's
0: inklings that
2: they're doing it very
0: correctly because you know, they're not going out and throwing a hundred million in the transfer window. I I think they brought in very good players that, you know, built them up like Matt Target, Chris Wood, you know, that helped Burnley go down. Also, it hurt their competitor. And then they're also buying like uh, Bruno Grimarish, like very solid mid table, I would say players that you can then transition into better and better and better players until you're at the top upper echelon but if you're manchester city and liverpool are are you in full-blown panic mode what do you do how are you in the shoes that like arsenal and united or i guess arsenal and other teams are now
2: in what sense in what sense in in the
0: sense that that arsenal don't have the same investment that city do but now City isn't going to have the same investment as Newcastle. Okay,
2: yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, okay, like how Arsenal felt fell off over the last fifteen years because yeah. of lack of investment. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't, I never thought of it that way. No, yeah, okay. I, I
0: think personally, I put some thought into this. I think the best solution, and this is a very American approach, and you might not like this, James, but I think you include heavy, heavy luxury taxes and salary caps and transfer caps, like in the NBA and not just a slap on the wrist. Cause I'll be honest with you city 110% that champions league ban should have been sustained or at least been a year or two years or something like that because their spending patterns were so confusing. So I think the best solution is possibly, you know, salary caps, luxury taxes on if you, let's say if you spend 150 million in a transfer window you have to pay an additional $50 million to the Premier League that yeah. can help with like parachute payments to teams getting relegated. So we don't see that free fall that teams go through like Sunderland. Do they
1: do that in the MLS? Obviously, I know the salary cap, but do they, do, do they pay a certain amount to the league as well?
2: I actually don't know. That's a good question. But I know. I you were more referencing the NBA and yeah, NFL okay. right, like okay. Yeah,
1: So I do have a, I, I have a decent idea in the MLS. Like, I know the designated player rule and things like that. I, I mean, it's been a great weekend, hasn't it? This weekend in rivalry week.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I missed, I missed the the LA Derby, bro.
1: <laughs> it's quite funny. I mess, I messaged LA Galaxy on TikTok. I was like, should I, should I stay awake until 3 a.m. to watch it? Uh, yes or yes. And they go, yes, 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 yes. Straight back to me. And I just, I fell asleep. Unfortunately, it was too early.
0: <laughs>
2: no, <Nah>, the <laughs> LA Galaxy
0: it. social media team are ops. They came, yeah. for, they came at me in a comment section on TikTok. We got beef. <laughs> But yeah, no, James, what, what are your thoughts, you know, on a salary cap, luxury taxes, um, transfer cap, I guess, because the thing is salaries in the Premier League, or at least in football are surprisingly low when you compare them to the NBA and NFL yeah. where people are signing super maxes. Like I think um, Patrick Mahomes, isn't he on a hundred million a year or something like that, which is absolutely ridiculous. And meanwhile, Pogba's getting a fourteen million contract, fourteen million dollar contract offer at United, and that's like a very, very high yeah. salary.
1: Am I right in saying like something like that? Even though you've got Pat Mahomes at um, the Chiefs, what I, what I do like about the NFL is like, don't the worst team always get like the first pick in the draft? Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I feel like I can supplement it quite
0: well. Um, but that 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 that's the thing. That's what I like about. You know the relegation system is it doesn't incentivize ta- tanking. Like if yeah. if you don't do well, you're screwed. Like you're going down because I, I know I'm am a Lakers fan and when the Lakers were doing poorly, we were purposely like losing games and tanking so we get higher and higher draft
2: picks. <laughs> and it's frustrating to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being bad in American sports doesn't really do you good. You have to be complete garbage. Yeah. For it to benefit you,
1: I, I've I've always wanted pro rail in um, MLS. Like I just think it makes it so much so much more interesting. And in the playoffs, is it like the top seven in each in each Western and Eastern conference get playoffs? It's too many, is it top seven?
0: It's it's it used to be top eight, but now they did like a play in thing. It's it's weird. It's like yeah. Um there's too many at some point. I know yeah. that. But Delilah, not- your thoughts on a salary cap, transfer cap, luxury tax. Does it oh. level the playing field or is it
2: unfair to the rich? I think it. I think this is a rich proposal coming from you, <laughs> a Van City <laughs> fan of all people. I'm scared, man. Newcastle is scary. Introduce, introduce salary caps once a bigger fish comes into the pond, but I mean, I get it. I don't think, I don't think that's the solution. I just, it just seems so dumb to crack down on FFP laws now. After yeah. <laughs> it
1: feels out. like the ship sailed.
2: Yeah, yeah, the ship has sailed, dude. You can't. Yeah, you just be pick and choosing. You know, we saw City just like buy literally every single like technically gifted eight in Europe, and like now we're like Newcastle. You guys can't do the same. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I feel like I feel like if you did that to the Premier League, it would struggle as well. Because when we compare it to um, uh, another sport like NBA or anything, oh NFL. Obviously, NFLs. There's only one league of of American football. There's only one basketball. It's not competing with other leagues, and I mm-hmm. feel like that w- could be a detriment to the Premier League. But depending on where the salary cap is, especially competing in Europe, because you are still competing with like other other European juggernauts, and I don't feel yeah. like, I don't feel like it'd be good um a good thing for the Premier League's image. All of a sudden, you've got the salary cap, and they can't bring in these great players. And okay, it might not help the smaller teams, but in the bigger picture, it's helping the Premier League having bigger
0: players. What, what would your thoughts be on a ownership rule to prevent, you know, super rich foreign investors um, like the Bundesliga where they have the 50 plus one where 51% of the club has to be owned by a German? Well, by, by, the, uh, by the fans, isn't it? Oh yeah, sorry, by the fans, yes. Yeah. What do you think, Rohan? What do I think? I think I, I personally don't like the idea, but I've seen it floated around a couple of times. The more money, the more attractive the Premier League becomes. And like you yeah. said, James, it makes the Premier League better or at least more interesting but then you also risk
2: you know monopolization because yeah, you got to think who, who are you helping with with this you know because if you're if you're cracking down on if the Premier League is cracking down on itself in the financial sense it is making itself less attractive
0: mm-hmm. but
2: then if the rest of the world if like FIFA and UEFA allows the Premier League to kind of spend as much as they want it will become a Super League yeah, like what? Yeah. And it already kind of is like, why? Why is Bruno Guimara going to Newcastle for forty five million? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that's a good point.
0: Um, so I guess how feasible is this? Like, how, what do you see it? Do you see this continuing forever where? A club is going to get bought and then rise to the top and then another club is going to get bought and those owners are going to have more money and that they rise yeah, to I the do. top.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I, I, feel, I feel like if we were going to do that do that at the start of the Premier League's existence in 92, or even earlier, I, I think that that ship has sailed so far now. It's probably just, it, it can't happen. Yeah. yeah I, it just can't. Any There's world? too much money in the game. And I think the, the, well, I, the only thing I do like about 50 plus one rule, it does stop clubs from just tanking mm-hmm. because, of, because of silly owners, like Leeds, Leeds United. Um, obviously, when the fans always have the, the option, they, they kind of know what's right. They're not, they're not. It's nothing for their financial gain. They don't. It doesn't get in their head, as it does with an owner.
2: Yeah, I think a, this also has to do with why I think the Super League was kind of created. Because you know this cycle of small team, new ownership, and then it's a big team. That's so threatening to like every big club in the world, which you know makes the Super League's proposal so much like. Like, you can understand it whenever you look at it through that lens. Like, yeah, any, any small club can, you know, knock Man City off their pedestal, knock Liverpool out, knock even Real Madrid and Barcelona out just by, you know, some richer, random guy comes along and buys the club, dumps money into it. So, you know, I, I kind of get where the Super League is coming from, from that, from that lens. Delad, I actually like the idea of the Super League. Yeah, but I support Arsenal, so take that with the grain <laughs>
1: come <laughs> last every season but not getting relegated. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, well, I have a question for you James. What what are your thoughts on Arteta and his project at Arsenal?
1: I love Arteta's project at Arsenal. I really love it. What I really enjoy is how he's he's not bought stupidly. He's actually just again, he's gone down that because he's worked with uh, uh, Guardiola at Man City. He kind of knows the game. He's bought what works for him and he's also introduced youngsters. So they're going to have their like silly silly games, their bad games. They're good like their Newcastle's away, they're poor games that they're going to learn from. They're not going to get it right straight away, but eventually, as long as they keep Arteta, I I can see really good things happening for Arsenal personally because he seems like he knows what he's doing. The only kind of issue I, I have with him is his ability to um, his ability to uh, work with players with big egos. He doesn't seem to do that very well, like Aubameyang
2: yeah 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 i would actually say his biggest issue would be like adaptability which is kind of similar in a sense because the whole bombing thing came down to like a bombing didn't fit the system and it was like a bombing is better than the system right now we should still be using him but you know i you know i like that that you kind of are in favor of arteta because i've been sticking my neck out for him for for about a year and a half now just getting killed (laughs) well I would
0: say I would say based on the things I've read and seen the main frustration is how long it's taken to break into the top four I mean Klopp did it fairly quickly with Liverpool Guardiola did it fairly quickly with City Mourinho did it fairly quickly with United and even one you know (laughs) The I difference
1: is you've got two sides in Man City and Liverpool who are just so far ahead. Mm-hmm. You've got Chelsea who aren't really aren't that far behind. They had quite a lot of injuries this season, Chelsea, if you if you remember. Like Reece James and Ben Chilwell specifically. That is their game plan. Reece James and Ben that. Chilwell. But they've got they, they got a very good side. And Tottenham are actually spending money for once on, on, on good players and
0: Richarlison. Um, Thank so... you. Oh, my God. Thank you for that because <laughs> – oh my god I made a video on Richarlison talking about that like I hate him like he's a good he's a good presser he's a good presser but he's not like a good player and he also doesn't fit Conte's system at all like he's I'll good give him
1: this. He, he's very clutch I'll give him that yeah I saw I saw I heard a stat saying like he was one of the most clutch players in the Premier League like in terms of just numbers I don't rate him that highly I agree okay. Press as well but doesn't okay. Anyway,
0: back to what you, sorry, I I interrupted you, but I <laughs> I had bent, I built up frustration.
1: <laughs> Basically, what I was trying to say is, you when Klopp and Arteta, sorry, Klopp and Guardiola were there, I think it was easier to break into the top four than it is now.
2: I really do. It absolutely was. Yeah. No, it definitely was. Because it, I mean, Liverpool, City, untouchable. Chelsea, Chelsea are kind of tricky because you, like, obviously you said they're not too far from Manchester City and liverpool but i also don't think they're too far off of like arsenal and spurs yeah and then you just have spurs who like when was the last time that you know the fourth or fifth best team in the country had like two of the best attackers in the country exactly like, exactly like it's just a harder top it's just difficult to break into now it's not the same as it was before
1: yeah and there are four world-class managers as well for those yeah. top four sides
2: yeah yeah absolutely um. Yeah. W- oh no. Go ahead. I'm just gonna say it's it, it's just harsh to compare Arteta breaking into the top four to to you know Pep breaking in, Klopp breaking in.
1: Yeah, I think so too. He's had to rely on his youth as well so much.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: James, how do how do you see Chelsea performing next year? I mean, given the new owner, you know, the kind of systems falling apart. Yeah. Um, Lukaku's done very poorly. He's going back to Inter on a loan. I,
1: I wouldn't like to predict anything until they sign defenders, mm-hmm. because obviously they've lost Rudiger, Christensen, Alonso might be leaving, Aspelacuesta might be leaving. That's that's four of their potential back five, and it's, okay, so it's, it's it's a system where I think you can get away with having a bad defender, but how bad? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I like, think they should buy Jules Koundé or Koulibaly.
1: Yeah, oh, Koulibaly wants to leave, apparently. Mm-hmm. So He's 30, 31. He's, it's not, that's not old anymore. That, that's the player in his prime still.
2: Yeah, so for someone who's like Koulibaly, I think he'll, he'll age just fine. He's not. Yeah. 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 I mean, no, I, was
1: watched, I, I, went, I was at the um, FA Cup final. I was watching Tiago Silva. I couldn't believe it. He's 37, best player on the pitch by a country
0: mile. That's the thing. I Rudiger is so overrated, and it's because of Thiago Silva. He looks. He's yeah. so. He does it so classy. He's brilliant. Yeah.
1: Um, Ch- I'm just unsure on Chelsea. They, I think I think they do need another striker unless they're going to go with Sterling. That I don't think they will. Yeah. Um, it'll probably be, it'll probably still be Havertz. Who I've by by Leverkusen are, are my boys. They're my they're my team. I love from Germany. Like so, when I was watching Kai Havertz like uh, grow up, he was playing striker quite a lot for the last few games of this, of this final season. So seeing him play striker did not surprise me. But what has surprised me is is lack of goals because he's quite agile. He's a he's a threat in the air, and he's at, he is a good finisher. So it does kind of surprise me how few goals he's got. Whether Tuchel has a plan for him, I don't know. I hope he does. i tr- I really raise him so highly.
0: Well. Um, We kind of descended from the topic here, Um, but I I, I don't really have any other questions or or ideas or proposals. Do you guys? Anything you guys want to touch on?
2: Before before we head out, I would like to ask um, James what he thinks Liverpool should do next, because that's the team you support, obviously. But, yeah, what do you Um, think? What do you want Liverpool to do next, I guess? In terms of transfers? Yeah, pretty much. In terms of Uh, transfers?
1: Sign a sign an all-action midfielder who can who can help going forward. And the obvious one there is Jude
2: Bellingham. Yeah, dude. That, that for me is so key. That would be a perfect signing. Anyone else that you guys have or that you have on the radar for Liverpool?
1: Um, not at the moment. No. I, I I say striker, but we signed one. Maybe yeah. Yeah. maybe I, another backup center half. Yeah. nothing. Yeah, because we got we got Konate, Matip, Van Dijk. Oh no, actually no. Gomez just on new
0: contracts so, though. No, which surprised me. I thought he'd want to leave. Yes, yeah, so it really did. Yeah, same. I don't know. Maybe he wants to fight for a spot. Do Do you have any concerns about Nunez fitting into the team? Because he's he's not a great hold up player. Or yeah, I mean he's not the best like passer of the ball, which you kind of need to be in a front three. We've seen how Salah and Mane have developed into a very good playmakers under Klopp. Right? Yeah. Are you concerned about Nunes?
1: Not really, because I I trust. I, I, it's been so good for so long. I trust every signing they make, and I trust Klopp. I trust the training. I I trust everyone. If he's not good yet, he will be good soon. Yeah. So I have no issues. If it goes wrong, it goes wrong. But that would be, that's a one in a million. So yeah. I have all the faith in the world. That's great. I think,
2: I think even stylistically, like how you guys will play, if you do sign that all-action midfielder, the signing of Darwin Nunez makes even more sense. Because yep. that'll, you know, relieve him of even more, like, creative, creative responsibility if you guys get a midfielder. That's no disrespect, but that's not, like, Jordan Henderson. Correct.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, I lo- what I love about Nunez as well, he gets in behind quite a lot. He does. And he finds a lot of space in the box. So I was watching, um, I was watching Uruguay USA, the uh, friendly, a few, a few weeks ago. Because I do have, I have a bit of an interest in the USMNT. I, I quite like what they're doing as, as a mm-hmm. squad. Um, but I ended up just watching Nunez, Nunez and Jesus Ferreira all game. And it was just Darwin Nunez, especially for the first half. He must've had about two or three headers in really good positions. Okay. A bit annoying that he's missed them, but you're getting in the right spots, which is always ideal.
0: And that works for uh, such a heavy crossing team like Liverpool. Yeah. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. Be sure to join us next week when we have another episode, as always. My name is Rohan. I'm joined by Dillette. And James, thank you once again for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right, we'll see you guys in the next one.